For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith, which comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, rightly divided here with power, authority, and conviction by Bishop Eddie Addy from the Macarius Church headquarters. This anointed teaching will challenge you, strengthen you, and equip you for a truly victorious life in the Lord. Be transformed as you listen. Give attention to my words. Let us pray. You like to pray for just a few seconds to ask God to speak to your heart as his word comes. You don't want it to be just another meeting that you came and you didn't feel that God spoke to you. But you want to feel that God spoke to you. That God ministered to you. That God worked on you. That God softened your heart. That God encouraged your heart. That God lifted you up. That God gave you direction today. And that at the end of the day, you'll be going home declaring that I have had an encounter with the Lord. Maybe you came sick, but you will go back healed. Maybe you came weak, but you are going back strong. Maybe you came confused about some issue of your life. But by the time you are leaving, God will guide you and God will settle it in your heart. Blessed be your name. Father, we thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for the privilege of coming into your presence. Thank you for the blessing of hearing your word. This morning we ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened. That we may know the hope of your calling and what is the riches of the glory of the inheritance you have in the saints and the greatness of your power this resurrection power that is at work in us which you demonstrated when you raised Christ from the dead we thank you we bless you in Jesus name Amen God bless you you may be seated Last week we began to share about the underground church and we said that the underground church is, um, is a cell-based church. It is actually the model of the church that was in the wilderness and it is also the model of the New Testament church. In Acts chapter 2, we are told in Acts chapter 2, from verse, I'm sure we can start from 41. Acts chapter 2. He says, Then they that gladly received the word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them, 
about 3,000 souls. May that be our prophetic destiny in this church. And they, and they continuing steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. The Bible says, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and the um, breaking of bread and prayers and fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together had all things common, sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord, in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved may the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his holy word amen so we see the new testament church which was born in Acts chapter 2 when the bible says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord in one place and there came the sound of a rushing wind as of a rushing wind and the Bible says that cloven tongues as of fire settled upon each one of their heads and they began to speak with tongues as the Holy Ghost gave them the utterance as they were filled with the Holy Ghost and the Bible says that there were so many people gathered in that square who heard them speaking with tongues and praising God. And each of them heard them amazingly in their own tongue. It's not even, I mean, if all of us were speaking, let's say we are speaking different languages, maybe like 120 people. And... 3,000, over 3,000 people who are gathered there can hear them in everybody's language. That's supernatural. I mean, it's not as though one person spoke, the other stopped, and the other continued in another language. But it was like they were all speaking. They were all, it was like a kind of unrehearsed, unknown tongue. Everybody was speaking, but supernaturally, the Holy Spirit made the people hear it in their own languages, supernaturally. Beautiful. And then the people said that, ah, but these people, they are speaking in tongues that they have never learned. I'm sure they are drunk. The way they are talking and babbling about with so many words, they are, they are drunk. And Peter, the Bible says, standing with the eleven, stood up and then he spoke and said, these men that you see are not drunk as you suppose. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, that in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions, and your maid servants upon them I will I pour my spirit. And the Bible says that from that point he preached to them the gospel. And the Bible says they were all pricked to their hearts 
And they asked the apostles, what shall we do? What should we do? The way you have spoken and the message you have given has pricked our hearts. So what should we do? And then he said to them, that repent and be baptized so that you also receive the same gift that we have experienced. And the Bible says that they all repented and then they gave their lives to Christ. And that is how come then the Bible says that 3,000 of them were added to the church. So that began the revival of the gospel in the land of Jerusalem. And I believe that that revival has been burning on and has reached our land. And we too, we are here, we will embrace it. And more revivals will be taking place. Because there are other sheep that Jesus has, whom also must be brought in, as we have been brought in. And the same revival must hit them, in the name of Jesus. So when the church began, then we realized that, if 3,000 people are added to a church in one day, it's going to be a complex church to build. I mean, even now, to build a church that holds 3,000, our church can hold about 4,500 people. Very tightly. I mean, it will be quite tight. We can probably push it to 5,000 tightly. It's not easy to have 5,000 in the hall. But we are going to have 5,000 in this hall. Yes. God showed us prophetically two weeks ago what type of church he wants us to see. Church with plenty people. Yes. Mega, mega, mega. And I believe that you will live to see it with your eyes. How many want to see it with your eyes? Beautiful. Beautiful. So to, to, for this to happen, in fact, and later on, we are told that uh, they preached and 5,000 were added. I mean, if 3,000 are added, it's enough trouble. Then 5,000 are added. That one, they said that be, uh, uh, both men and women, they didn't mention children. So you can imagine that 5,000 people are somewhere, by all means, there'll be children. And I don't know whether it was a large population in terms of children, but there were children there, and they didn't really count, add them to the count. So we, we, we see that the church really had a problem, which is a good problem. Somebody say a good problem. It is a good problem because um, when you have a church and you have a lot of people in it, it is a good problem. And when you have a church and the people are not a lot, it's an unfortunate problem. Somebody said that nothing gives a pastor a headache like an empty hall. Or, or, or high blood pressure like an empty hall. <laughs> yes. Even when you have a shop and nobody is coming, it, it is a problem. And similarly, in a church, you see, and God is showing us that in the early days when the revival broke forth and large numbers were added to the church, the Bible showed us that because I'm sure that one hall couldn't contain 8,000 people and how are you going to manage 8,000 people, you know, without a big hall to house all of them and so was born the principle led by the Holy Spirit 
to have churches in homes. Yes, churches in homes, which we are calling the cells, smaller groups. Because how many can the house contain? Even if it's on the compound, I mean, unless your compound is like our own here, you cannot contain 8,000 people so comfortably. But in those days, if you go to the, the way Jerusalem was built, the houses are together. There's no compound. Yeah, the houses, if you have been to Jerusalem before, you even say you'll be there. Just say, it's not in your dreams. Say, I'll be there. Yes. You should go to Jerusalem at least once. I've been, I think, twice or thrice. I think thrice, yeah. You should go to Jerusalem and walk where he walked. We don't only sing it in a song. He walked where we walk. It's like Jesus walked where we walk. But we are also going to walk where he walked. Yes, it's a good thing. So go to Jerusalem. One day, Macarius Church should go to Jerusalem. Yeah. Doc, what do you think? Yes. Maybe 2025 or something like that. Oh, it's too far. It's too far. Okay, next year. Okay, then get money ready because it's money. And it won't come from you. It will come from all of you. Yeah. So, that church, how was it managed? You learn from the scriptures that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread. Go down to verse 44. He says, And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, as many as could gather in the temple were meeting in the temple. It was one way by which God was served. God is not only served in the temple, like in a church house or a church building, like what we have. This is a temple, okay? And the Bible says that, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Now, this began the house-to-house meetings, and so we saw in the Bible that people had churches in their homes. So if you look at some of the examples, you will see that there was a couple called Priscilla and Aquila. The man was Aquila and the woman was Priscilla. And the Bible says that they had a church in their home. Do you remember that? Yes. They had a church in their home. And then there was a brother called Nymphas. Nymphas also had a church in his house. Yes. And there was a woman called Lydia. In Acts chapter 16, the Bible says that uh, she also had a, a church in her home. Acts 16, 40, Lydia had a church in her home. Yes. And they went out of the prison and entered into the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they comforted them and departed. There were brethren in her home. Yes. 
And she got born again in Acts chapter 16 and just opened her house right to them. I think Acts chapter 16 verse something, you see Lydia opened her home to the people when she got saved and she beckoned to the believers, the apostles, that they should come to her house. Yes. And a certain woman named Lydia, verse 14, a seller of purple of the city of Theatira, which worshiped God, heard of us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. Verse 15. And when she was baptized, okay, when she was baptized and her household, she besought us, saying, if ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. Yes. So her home was a comfortable place for believers. And that is why I'm encouraging many of us to open our homes so that God's church and God's house and God's people can meet there. Your home will be known as a house-to-house -house fellowship or a cell place or a fellowship where believers gather to lift their hands to pray, to hear the word of God, discuss the word of God, have Bible studies, and then break some bread, and then care one for another, just like they did in the book of Acts. And then from there, from that household, outreaches are done, and people are reached and born again and added to the church. The Bible says that the Lord added to the church such as should be saved, both in the temple and then in the house to house. And God bless all your hearts who have signed up to give your homes, your porch, your sitting room, your garage, your gazebo, your pergola, your garden, and what else? Your office even. Maybe you have an office space that you want to give. I've been to people's homes where they say, oh, come to the office, then a few of us will gather in the office. And then we'll pray from there. In fact, the church in New York was born in an office. Yes. It was a small office space. And then we gathered there for several months before we moved to a bigger place. Hearing the word. And today, there are thousands and thousands of people in America who are lifting their hands, worshiping God, praising God, and preaching the word of God. So, today, I want to preach on the benefits of the home cells or benefits of the fellowship meetings or the benefits of the underground church. All right? Are you here still or you've gone home? And um, I pray that these benefits will be a blessing. Now, there are three different groups that benefit from the underground church or the cell groups. And one is the kingdom of God benefits. Number two, the members of the church benefits. And number three, the pastor also benefits. Now, I want to just begin from the members benefiting. Benefits of the cells to members. Are you ready for that one? Okay. So, what, what are the blessings and the advantages of being part of a home cell. Number one, through the cell 
the cell system or through the fellowships. We are calling them fellowship, area fellowships. Okay? Through the cells, a church member becomes a known identity and not just a statistical number, a statistical number in the church. In John chapter 10 verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and I'm known of mine. You should not be in a church as a statistic, like you are one of the 50 people or 100 people or 700 people who were in the service. You are not a number. You are the sheep of the Lord. You are the precious souls that Christ has bought with his own blood. Are you listening to me? And you should not be in a church and be just a number. When you are just a number, you are expendable. Do you understand expendable? In Rambo 2. Have you watched Rambo 2? It's a good movie to watch. It's Rambo. Those of us who like action, we like Rambo. Now Rambo, it's not, this, they are all movies, they are not really real. I mean, sometimes when there are wars and things, we say that where is Rambo? And where is Arnold Schwarzenegger? They should go to those places and end the war. But you see that they cannot go to such a place. They are all just, they are in, on their television. They cannot go to war fronts. <laughs> Rambo should arrive in maybe uh, Gaza or I don't know whether Gaza or Israel or somewhere and then just bring an end to the whole war. They cannot be, or go to Russia or Ukraine and go and manifest himself there. He cannot, if he like, he should go there and see something. You will see that he has not seen such firepower before. Anyway, so in Rambo 2, Rambo, huh? the main, like the blowman of the film. Do you understand blowman? When we say blowman, do you understand blowman? Yeah, that's the one who kills the killer. Yes. I think in the, the right English word is what? The protagonist. Yes, please. In case you go somewhere and they ask you, what does blue man mean? You don't know. Just tell them that the protagonist. Yeah. Do you understand? Like the bad man is always killed by this man. The last, the last show. When we were children, they used to open the five minutes to the end. They opened the cinemas and then we rushed in. Because we couldn't pay to go and watch. So they give us the last moment when the killer will be killed. And then we go and, go and scream and come out as though we watched the whole movie. Anyway, so this Rambo was like it's an American who was thrown into um, Vietnam. Now, this is after the war. And the story ha has it that they believed that they were still prisoners of war, American prisoners of war still in Afghanistan that were being kept there. So this uh, uh, in Vietnam... And Rambo was sent to go and take photographs. Like his mission was to go and take photographs of such people to bring back to the base. Unfortunately for him, his camera got locked and got lost as he was trying to descend from the airplane. Do you see? Or the helicopter. So he didn't have anything apart from a knife. So he landed in this Vietnam with enemy soldiers who are wild. I think the Vietnam War was one of the worst wars for America. They don't like it at all. They don't like to remember it because it was not easy for them. They, I think they lost Porto. 
So now you, this man, you alone, you have arrived in this place. So when he landed, there was a girl who was supposed to help like this type of spice who was also in the land. She was a Vietnamese girl, but she was working for the Americans. So she met him in the jungle somewhere to go and take him to where the prisoners were. So this girl looked and said, ah, you have come from America. You are here to come and take photos. Or what, why have they brought you here? No weapons, nothing. You don't have even camera, nothing. It's like, how are you going to do this thing? Then he said, why did they send a person like you? Then Rambo said that, because I am expendable. See, the word is big, just like it's big for you. And the girl said, what mean expendable? Because Vietnamese girl who doesn't understand English, even that word was just too big. So he said, what does it mean? What mean expendable? And Rambo explained the expendable this way. He used as a particular story. Are you listening? I don't know whether you are listening. Are you listening? Uh, it's, it's easier to see me on the screen or what? Huh? Are they showing the Rambo on the screen? Are they showing it on the screen or what? Hey, uh, you are watching me on the screen. Ah, uh, it's nice there. Hey, hey, Okay, thank you very much. I hear you. So, Rambo explained it this way that when you are invited for a party and you don't show up, nobody asks of you. Do you understand? Like you were invited, you are one of the guests invited for the party, but somehow you didn't show up. But nobody takes notice that you are not there. Nobody asks why you are not there. How come you are not around? There, there's no follow-up. It's like you are a persona non grata. I don't know what that, a persona non grata, what does it mean? It's a, it's a, you are like a nobody. Uh -huh. That's why. But there are some people, even the party has not ended. 30 minutes, they'll be asking, has this person come? Has this person come? Because they are notable people. By the time the parties and if they have not come, oh, this one didn't come, this one didn't come, this one, but he's saying that when you are invited for the party and you don't show up and nobody asks of you, you are expendable. And sometimes in the church, it seems as though some people are expendable. So when they don't show up like for this service, nobody asks of them. And the reason why sometimes it happens that way is that you are not in a certain nucleus that is identifiable. So in the large church like this, in the temple church, in the temple ministry, you see, when I even look at your faces, it's not easy to identify individuals. Because your faces, you know, Ghana for, you know, when, when you go to the embassy, they say we all look alike. You may think it's not true, but honestly, when you look at this, like, you can't see who you are looking at. You have to really zero in on a particular person to know the face and make a good impression and say, oh, it is Dufie who is sitting here. Or it's Della who is sitting here. Are you listening to me? Yes. And that is why the home cells becomes a place where Two, three people, five people, seven people, eight people, up to about ten. By twelve, yeah, we are expecting that there will be a division, that one of them has become also a leader, and we split into two so that we can grow from there. So in that little group of ten to twelve people, power means somebody will notice that. Prince was not in church. 
Yes. Because there are people, as a pastor, when I'm preaching, I, I sort of have a mental note of where people sit without them buying those chairs. Because nobody buys chair here. Or you don't donate chair and sit on it because you brought the chair, so your name is on it. The chair was bought already by the church and you just came to But somehow people like, maybe they like the angle of view, you know, where they want to sit. Some people like to see me face to face like this, like they don't want to see me angled. Like I don't like sitting at an angle when I have to work. My neck, I don't know whether it's because of age, but when I turn my neck for a long time, it hurts me. So when I go somewhere, I want to sit at the ringside and face the person who is on the stage. Uh-huh. And so as a pastor, I cannot, like I know that Esther sits here, or one, two, three, she's there. She's always on this chair. So sometimes when she doesn't come, it's empty. I know Lankwe, this is Lankwe. He sits here all the time. When he, he goes, he works somewhere, then he comes, I think three months one month, then one month. One month out, one month in. So when he comes, this is his chair. Have you bought the chair? He has not bought the chair. So when I have not seen him as a pastor, I'll be thinking to myself that, where is Lankwe? Because Lankwe sits here normally. Are you listening to me? Like, for example, this morning, Lady Pastor Edwita is normally on my right-hand side. Today she's not there. So I'll be thinking about it, that where is she? In fact, even the choir, when they are singing, I'll be looking at it and looking at it. So I, I noted that Koko is not singing today. So I'm asking myself, where is Koko? You know? But because I was getting ready to preach, I couldn't text her that, where are you this morning when the choir is singing? Are you okay? Is everything all right? Because a few people, I can't. But in terms of the largeness of the church, I cannot. Do you understand? I cannot pinpoint everybody that what, what this person is even I wouldn't know your name so easily but in a house fellowship in a home church where you belong a little group somebody will say that ah that's Kobe Kobe didn't come to church when I, I they, 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 at the point they say Bishop Kobe is not well or Kobe is not the other day um, one of the rap stars they come for second service the leader told me that a member had lost the father so I, I said, give me his number. And I picked the number and I called the little boy. Small boy. I mean, but he belongs to rap stars. And then he comes from, I think, Katadeka. So when I spoke to him, the pastor of Atadeka, that the boy is his member, was told by the boy that Bishop called me. He said, no, I don't believe it. So he, the pastor called me, uh, texted me that my member says that you called him, but that boy, I don't trust him so well. So when he said that you called him, I wasn't sure. <laughs> yes. So when he said that, he said, yes, I spoke to him. He said, oh, wow. Wow. But as a pastor, I would like to call everybody who has lost their father. I would like to visit them. I would like to put my hands around them. But when the church is big, you can't do this work alone. That's why the pastor also benefits from home sales. Because it makes us distribute and share the burden of looking after God's people. Yes.
And I know there are some people who don't want anybody to know their matter. I come and I go. I don't want anybody to come and talk, 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 come into any meeting and then they will, they will come into my house and then, hey, hey, me, I don't like people to come to my house. I, want, I like my privacy. You see, what you don't know is that you are making yourself expendable. In a day that something crucial happens where you need support, a certain social support, which you can get in a church family, you see that you are missing out. So from today, eh, change that mentality and say, I don't like meeting in, uh, with other people. I don't want anybody to know my matter. I want my privacy. Look, you can keep your privacy, but you must still be part of a beautiful home church. <laughs> Number two. So tell somebody that I, I don't want you to be expendable. Hey, my time is free. I have 20. Let me run through them. Number two, the cell becomes a place for fellowship for the members and friendships and companionships develop. Friendships and companionship. Don't be in a church that you have no church friends. You have no church friends. Fellowship among brethren is very important. In Hebrews 10.25, he says that we should not neglect the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. The easy to read version says, we must not quit meeting together as some are doing. No, we need to keep on encouraging each other. This becomes more and more important as you see the day getting closer. The day that Jesus comes is getting closer. And as we see that day getting closer, we should not neglect them. Oh, you've got the easy to read, that beautiful verse. It says, not neglect. Oh, easy, easy to read. Easy, easy. This one is what? This is English standard. I'm talking about easy to read is E-R-V. 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 Not English standard version. This is ESV. We are looking at ERV. Okay, I've quoted it for you already. So, number three, the church becomes a spiritual family for all members and they are delivered from loneliness. Yes. In Psalm 68 verse 6, again the ERV. ERV says, God provides homes for those who are lonely. <laughs> Some of you, you know yourselves, you are lonely. Even when you take your phone, there is no call. There is no text. And what you don't know is that the, the, the loneliness can kill you. Oh, yes. That's why when people retire, eh, we are told that about two years from retirement to five years, they die. Because people who are active, they get up, they go to work, they go through traffic, they are coming, they are talking to people, they are sending letters here, they are making calls here, people are calling them, and then one day, it's like no more going out. You don't know what loneliness does to a person. No husband, no children, no friend, and you are just alone, then you just get up, you go to church. When you come to church, too, you don't talk to anyone, no one talks to you, and then you go back. At a point, it will be affecting you. 
the pressures of this world, you cannot just be carrying every load on your head, thinking to yourself everything you need. Even they call it social support. It's like people around, family, friends, and things. And God puts the solitary in families, King James says. He puts the solitary. But I like the ERV. ERV says, ERV says, where's ERV? ERV. Oh, this guy doesn't have ERV. Uh-huh. ERV is there. Ah, God provides homes for those who are lonely. To ask your neighbor, are you one of the lonely people? God is providing a home for you. God is providing a home for you. And your church is a beautiful home. Family, spiritual family. God puts you in it to cure your loneliness. And, and it delivers you from depression, delivers you from, I mean, yes. Every church, there are always issues. This one says this about you. This one says, but all that is part of humanity and life. Hey. It's part of life and family. Your family, don't you have things inside the family? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. You are in the family, we have our songs, we have our music, we have our messages we preach. You have to add yourself to it and embrace it. God has put me in a family, embrace it. But there are some people where you have a family, but you don't want to relate with your family members. They are coming to collect money. I don't want anybody to come here who... Hmm? They are coming from where the village is. Hey, if even you hear that they are coming from, then there's a problem because village for a deer. Hey, pressure! <laughs> he frees people from prison and makes them happy. But those who turn against him will live in the desert. Tell your neighbor you will not live in the desert. Oh, God is putting you in a family. And the family, we have the nucleus. Is that not so they call the nucleus family and what? The extended family. So your own family, your daddy, your mother, your brother, your sisters, forms a nucleus. That's your home cell. Then the larger family, cousins, uncles, aunties. We see there are some people who know fanties especially. Like uh, Lady Pastor Auntie Jo, where is she here today? She's at the back. Her family is very nice. Like, I wish I was in that family. Hey, their, grand, their mother, grandmother, their mother is 99 or 100. 96. Yes, she does her thing. She moves around. She goes with her pastor to dedicate buildings. 96. Oh. Wow. They go there. When is her birthday? They go. Some of you, when is your grandmother's birthday? You don't call her. You don't go there. No, your family is not like that. Oh, they are very nice. They were, you see them, all oh, the children, they have taken photos. Oh, when I look, I say, No one from man to them family. The sisters, all of them will be here fine. When you see them today, have body, nice skin, nice, eh, fanciful. Yes. I feel pokeke. But some of us, eh, your family's quarrels will song. This one doesn't talk to this one. This one doesn't talk to this one. So you can't meet. It's like there cannot be a meeting. If you meet at a festival, there will be war. <laughs> this one has sold this one's land. This one. 
Hey, this one has taken this one's inheritance or has taken all the inheritance. Say it's not releasing for anybody. They are in court. Hey. Sure. But you see, when God puts you in this spiritual family, it's a beautiful family. You have to learn to embrace it and bond with it. It's a blessing. It's an advantage. I said it's a blessing. It's an advantage. There are people, every month I celebrate birthdays with cake, cut cake, take photographs, then drinks. And I, I, I'm a pastor, so I do it for my pastors and the shepherds. Because I don't know if I was to do it for the whole church. I don't know when it will end. But I'm expecting that when you are in your home fellowship, eh, they will celebrate your party to your birthday, celebrate you. Let me continue. Let me continue. Beautiful. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Number four. The church members have people to share their problems and the deep concerns of their hearts. Yes. In a cell, you have people with whom you can share your deep concerns and then, yeah. In, in Galatians 6, 2, he says, Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear ye one another's burden. The ERV puts it this way. Help each other with your troubles. When you do this, you are obeying the law of Christ. Even the new international reader's version is even nice. It says, carry one another's heavy loads. If you do, you fulfill the law of Christ. Everybody has a heavy load at one time or another. Yes. You see, that's why I was telling you to learn that song. Now, oh, here, man, you see, so I have to give you all songs. Yes. Because we all need a shepherd, a loving shepherd at one time or another. You need it. You need it. Don't isolate yourself. Maybe you know only biological family, but I'm telling you about spiritual family. God puts you in families. God gives you people with whom you can share. But a dear lady was texting me the other day that she needs somebody to pray with her because she's in a situation. So if I can find one of my prayer warriors to pray with her for one month, between 12 midnight and 3 a.m. And I said, Jesus. <laughs> I told her that one month is too long. <laughs> she said, I can accept two weeks. Yes. Oh, you have not been in a situation before. But if you are part of humanity, there shall come a time in your life. Not you walk in your calling, but you will be in a situation that you need somebody to hold your hand. That let us pray. Yes. You will be in a situation you don't know. Or you are even in situations you don't know how to solve it. All you know is to drink apetesi. Or drink beer. So you have all these hard liquor hidden somewhere so that in the day of crisis when you don't know what to do, you just take a thought or two or three and just sleep. No, you don't want to do basa basa things. You just sleep. You drown your sorrows. But don't drown your sorrows. Let us carry one another's burdens. We can touch and agree. We can pray for one another. We can encourage one another. 
Next one. Number what? Number five. It allows the spiritual gifts and talents of church members to be developed. The smaller, smaller groups, you'll be surprised. Yes. I have a little girl, she sang here last week. She was not developed in this big one. She was developed in the little church at the back there. The pastor told me that she can sing. I said, really? Bring her. So she sang one or two lines before me. I said, Jesus, your voice is fresh. You have not known boys and bad things. So your voice, your throat is clear. <laughs> you have not known fine, fine, rich boys. So your throat is clear. Hey! I said, I'm going to help her to develop her talent even better. Bring her to me. No, she has been singing here. And you can see that she's doing well. Yes. And sometimes there are some of you, you are hidden. Somehow you can lead praises. Somehow you can lead, you don't even know it yourself. But in a little house fellowship, where you go and lead, Danasi, Danasi, Daunyaminasi, Efrisayoye, Nanado, Dosu, Danasi, Danasi, Daunyaminasi, Hey, come on, Hey, ba, Hey, Then the pastor will say that, Hey, where did you learn how to lead? They said, oh, I don't know. We just do it in the house. We just play. Ah, bring me. I'm taking you to be sharp. Then you see that talents, a gift, a gift that God has given, you see that it's working. Somebody can pray. There's a brother who prays. He's now a pastor. He was in a little branch, cantonments. But we had shepherd's training. And then, I don't know whether I was, there was they were waiting and they needed somebody to lead or something. And then they just asked him, somebody, his pastor, I think his pastor knew that he could lead prayer very well. So he should come and lead. So when he was leading, I was outside. I said, ah, who is that boy? He has the prayer voice. He has the, the, the flow, the inflections, the slurs. He has the, he has the musical tone for prayer. Hey! I said, bring that boy to me quickly. Bring him to me quickly. He's now, he leads prayer. He's not a pastor. He's mobilizing. I'm sure you come for second service. He's doing very well. But you are here. You can't, even when I preach, eh, you want to apply, let's say I preached about others. You want to apply. There's no forum to express yourself. So it just becomes a mental something that you have just studied and learned that, oh, bishop preached about others. But you cannot apply it. Because there's no space. There's no little room. If there was something in your house or around your area that you are part of and we talked about care for others, sacrifice for others, live for others, you know, love others, eh? pray for others, you will see that at least you've got some five people that you can mention in prayer for to the Lord. You should be clapping for Jesus by this time. Yes. The next one. The next one. Number what? Six. The church members learn how to win souls. You learn how to win souls. Verse 16 
Acts 16, Acts chapter 16, verse 20. Then they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. They went everywhere. They went everywhere. They were preaching everywhere. Acts 8, 4. He said, therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. We should be having people preaching at Santor Blue Kiosk. They are preaching at Santor, uh, what are the different areas? Academy, uh, Santor Blue Gate, Santor different places, Santor Timber, Santor Tipper Track, Santor different, different corners. They are there. Different, different areas. Preaching. Scattered. Preaching cannot only happen in the church. It must also happen in the homes and in the areas. I said in the homes and in the areas. That's why Jesus saved you. That's why he called you. So that you too can be part of this thing. When they preach that you are supposed to be a preacher. That every believer must learn how to be. To also preach the word and, and the gospel. You don't you have anywhere. You, 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 you'll be dead 10 years. You have not done it before. Because you just come home and go. You come to church and go home. Come to church and go home. But if there's some area fellowship that you are part of. And everybody in this church is going to be in a house fellowship. Everybody. Choristers, engineers, doctors. Everybody. Either your home is used or somebody's home in your area is used. And you attend and you participate there. Everybody will be part of it. Everybody in the church. So you who are sitting here, I'm looking at your face. You are in a house fellowship already. You are in a house fellowship already. In the home, a fellowship, a fellowship, area fellowship, cell, a cell group. You are in it. Macarius area fellowship. Math. <laughs> Say amen. Say amen again. Oh, number eight. At the, uh, number seven, okay, I, was, I thought you were not alert. <laughs> At the cell meetings, members are able to ask more questions to receive a deeper understanding of the word of God, which cannot be done in a large church. So at the cell meeting, members are able to ask more questions to receive a deeper understanding of the word of God, which cannot be done in a large church. Beautiful. If you read Acts chapter 18, eh? in the home of Priscilla and Aquila, something beautiful happened there. I told you that there's a church in her home. Verse 24, Acts 18, 24. He says, and a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. If you know only baptism, you can be very zealously preaching, but you are, you are, you are, you are, you are off. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. In a smaller group, somebody who was mighty in the scriptures still lacked something that needed to be added to his life and ministry. And Priscilla and Aquila, who have a church in their home, they took him to themselves and instructed him in the way of the Lord more 
perfectly. Therefore, when will you find someone? Maybe even he's a pastor. He's preaching. You can see that preaching, you know, and so then you take the person to your house fellowship and instruct him in the way of the Lord more perfectly because Apollos was mighty in the scripture, but he knew only up to John's baptism. He didn't know about Jesus. Jesus had died. Jesus had resurrected. The disciples had received the Holy Ghost. He has not heard all these things, but he was preaching powerfully. There are some people, know, when they preach, they believe in God. Then they put in an African proverb. Because that's what they know. But you see, in a home fellowship, such people can be instructed. But in the house fellowship, we are not going to be standing there and there, praise God, hallelujah. You are not going to pray like, you won't preach like I'm preaching. Oh. This one, tempo there, there's no question. Even if you have a question, keep it to yourself. <laughs> it should be in your head. When I finish preaching, you can come, we ask you, ask, or you can ask somebody else. But I cannot allow you to ask questions when I'm preaching. I won't allow you because my, my time is even getting finished. <laughs> But in a home fellowship, in the cell meetings, oh, beautiful. Bishop was preaching about this and then he said this. I even wrote it down. What does it mean? Then they expound unto you the way of God more perfectly in a home fellowship. You are missing too much. We are not doing well as a church that we don't have home fellowships. Hmm? Sofu. Can there not be a home fellowship in your house? Eh? Or you cannot be part of a home fellowship where you lead worship? Hey! No! There's too much in your belly, in your spirit, that must come out. People need the things in your spirit. You can't just be there leading worship and singing songs. Me too, I was a worship leader. I was a worship This song we were singing this morning, uh, what was the song they were singing? Praises. Eh? Oh, my soul. I am the one who taught the church. Yes. And I was so on wings like eagles held by the hand. I still can lead praises small. I mean, these people, who are they lead, sometimes they, lead, they feel that I am an old man who doesn't know how to share. I was a worship leader. But my bishop told me, teach small groups. I started to teach small groups. Look at where it has ended me. Now I'm a bishop preaching powerfully in a church. You clap like children who have received cake. Number eight. Number eight. The church members will experience the blessing of Obedidom when they open up their homes for the cell meetings to take place there. Do you know the blessings of Obedidom? <laughs> I was trying to encourage some guy that he should give us his hall for us to meet him. And that when he allows the church to come there, the blessing of Obedidom will come to his house. He said, Obedidom. I know he heard that name before. <laughs> Obedidom. I know he heard that name before. Like I've never heard such a name before. I say it's in the Bible. In Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 6, 
You will see the story of Obedidom beautiful there. The Bible says that they were bringing, you see, the ark of God had been captured and taken, I think, to the Philistines' camp. And then David said that, no, I prepared a place. I want to put the ark of God there. But when they were bringing the ark of God and it was moving on the road, it fell into something like a pothole or there was some small shaking. And Uzzah, a man called Uzzah, wanted to help the ark of God and balance it. And then he died because he was not supposed to touch the ark. It was only supposed to be carried by Levites. And God had strict instruction on it. So the Bible says that there was a breach and God slew Uzzah there. So they called the place Perez Uzzah. That God, they did not do it according to due order. So God slew Uzzah there. So David didn't want the ark to come to his house after it had killed somebody. <laughs> he was afraid. <laughs> I don't blame him. So they happened to put it in the home of a man called Obedidom. That's where the name Obedidom comes from. And the ark of God continued in the house of Obedidom, the Gittite, three months, 90 days. Because David was not sure whether he should bring it to the place that he had prepared. So he left it in Obedidom's house and see what happened when Obedidom carried the presence of God in his own house. And the Lord blessed Obedidom and all his household. My God. I'm sure if his children were always last in class, now they came ahead and became first. I'm sure that if, if there was the business he was doing, his farm, suddenly his farm had flourished. There was no rain, but his farm had grown and things were growing. He said, hey, where do you get water to water? I said, oh, oh, there is a, there's a presence in my house. And the presence is working wonders. And then the Bible says that when, verse, verse, next verse, next verse. And it was told David, King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obedidom and all that pertains unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obedidom into the city of David with gladness. There's a blessing in the thing. He wanted the blessing. When there's a home fellowship in your house, do you know what the Bible says? That where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So every time the fellowship gathers in your house, God's presence is there. God is there. He comes to be with the people there in your house. One day I told the pastor who had built a church, he had built a church and the people were meeting in it. When I entered, I just said, wow, what a beautiful church. He had even bought some air conditions to make it cool. I said to him that, hey, any sin you have committed there, he screamed, amen. <laughs> because <laughs> it's like God will forgive you your sins. He was so excited about such a blessing. My, my lady pastor Edwita told me last week, he said his fa her father, she said her father used to go to Christian Action Faith Ministry and, and uh, welcome the church in his house. Are you listening? I'm about to end. And the house, the church was in his house. But after some time, the father himself, he wasn't going to church well. So he was not properly going to church. But the house fellowship was there. And she used to take the offering, the bowl, and, and collect the offering for them. I don't think she was even going to the church. But when they come to the house, he joins. 
She said along the line, there was a court case. And the people who are taking her father to court, or the, the father taking them to court, or there was a court case. She said that one time they came to ask them that, ah, where do you people go? Because we have taken you everywhere. We are not able to get you and finish you. But it's as if there's something buried in your house. And she said, it's not anything buried though. There's a house fellowship in our house. The blessing of Obedidom has arrived in our house and we are enjoying it. So you can do juju on us. It doesn't work. Oh yes. Oh yes. Somebody is being blessed. I tell you, prosperity will come to somebody's home. Because the blessing of Obedidom will come upon your house. Mary and Martha opened their house to Jesus. In Luke 10.38, he says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Yes. He received him into their house. She became friends with them. She became friends with Lazarus, their brother. And then in John chapter 11, Lazarus died. And it is this Lazarus, it is this Lazarus that Jesus raised from the dead. Not the one who died and went to hell, and went to heaven. The one who was in the, the brother of Mary and John chapter 11 verse 1. John 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 11 verse 1. Father in the name of Jesus. Beautiful it has come. Now <laughs> a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany. The town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick. And then he, uh, he died. Then Jesus went after four days. He performed his greatest miracle for people who welcomed them in their home. There will be a miracle in your house. You watch. You watch. There will be a miracle in your house. There will be a miracle in your house. The wonderful resurrection miracle, it was done in the home of people who welcomed them. If you read Luke 10, I think verse 38, it was this house where he went and Mary and Martha, Martha was cooking, Mary was just at the feet of Jesus, verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered, verse 30, 39. They received her and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much seven and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus said, Oh Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that one thing, and which shall never be taken away from her. That's the house. That's the house. And I know your house is going to be a blessed house. I said it will be a blessed house. Don't be afraid. To open your house to the people of God. Don't be, don't be shy. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And what our advice when you are there, don't, we are not doing housework to go and make noise. The noise is made in the temple. But making noise, we don't make noise in house fellowship. The singing is low. 
way, there's no instrument. Even if you play some background music, it should never be so loud that neighbors are angry with you. That's not wisdom. Small Bible study of five people. Not the whole area. Because you are doing revival. <laughs> Jesus' greatest miracle. It occurred. May that blessing come upon your home. Any ancient deity and wicked spirit that is in your house is destroyed by the presence of God in your home. Any amulet and charm buried in the house by predecessors and others who have been there before you, it will finish and be neutralized in the name of Jesus. When the Philistines took the ark of God to, they, they went to put the ark of God. You see, the ark of God is what he, he made Moses make it so that he, his presence will be in it. When they carry it everywhere, his presence is there. The Philistines collected it and put it in the house of Dagon, their God. They put it in Dagon's house. And this Dagon, when they woke up, he had bowed, he had fallen flat on his face. Because God's presence is there. You are a God. Which God are you? They said, oh, maybe somebody was moving and he touched Dagon and he fell. So they put Dagon back up. By the next morning, the head had come off, the arms had also come off, and the legs have all come off. Because God was showing them that there is no power except God's power. There is no charm against God's people. And there is no spirit that can stand God's power. I tell you, when you allow God's people to meet and God's presence comes into your house, that home will be blessed. Any charm and enchantment, any divination, anybody taking you to juju, anybody trying to do some powder to blow on your eyes and blow on your face, that will never happen because God's presence will go with you. When you're going and you're coming, His presence will be with you. Believe it. Believe it. That's why everybody, I am the commander, commander in chief of this church and I'm saying that everybody, the cameraman will be in a house fellowship, the ashes everybody must saram, submit yourselves to this home fellowship and cell meeting everybody will be in it we are going to pray there, we are going to study the bible there, we are going to do outreaches from that thing and bring people to join the fellowship and let it grow so that when it grows it affects the church also to grow and then we also care for each other at the home fellowship if somebody is sick it must be known by the leader and it must be known by the pastor in charge and it must be known it will come even to the bishop if somebody is, is, uh, has won a prize in school we will celebrate it there if somebody is bereaved, mother dies, father dies, brother dies, we shouldn't just close our eyes as though some, 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 some tree has fallen. We must care for people because God put us in families for us to care for each other. It's not a philanthropic organization where we are just going to be sharing money because we are not here to share money. My relationship with people is not, I've never given him money, but neither have I given you money before. But these are people who love me from their hearts till they die. It's not about money. 
when your relationship with people is all about money, oh, give you money, come, give you money, come, or if you give me money, I'll come. If, then you are not a real person. If you give me money, I'll come to church. Nobody gives money for you to come to church. We try to organize buses and bring the people to church, but it is not a philanthropic organization where we are going to Nasdaq. We have now made you the Nkoswahini of Macarius Church so that you can share money to the people. If you have money to give, bring it. There are buses that people have to bring to church and carry members. We will give it to them and distribute it for that purpose. And God will bless them. Oh yes. The blessing of Ubedidon is coming upon your house. The blessing of Ubedidon is coming upon your house. The blessing of Ubedidon is coming upon your house. Father, thank you for everyone. Oh yes. Oh yes. Last week, I called some people who said they wanted to be part, to be leaders. They want to join the home cells, the fellowships, and be leaders. And I prayed for you. I want you to come back. And there were some people who gave their homes. They said, our house will be a place where God's people can meet. I like to give my porch. I like to give my gazebo. I like to give my, 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 my sitting room. I like to give whatever you can give. And they all also came forward. I want you to come. And if you are here today and you want to be part, maybe you want to be The leaders, we have to train you. Because we have to teach you how to lead. And we need we to teach you what to do. So if you want to be part, or you want your home to be a place where we, 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 we meet, there's a home fellowship. If you want that, join every, those who are coming, both who came last week. And if you are new to come now, I want to pray for you. Let me pray for you quickly. I'm just going to lift my hand and pray for you. Your home can be used. Yes. You can also be a leader. Come forward. Or you are already a leader of something, but you would like to also join this band to also make an impact. You can do it. Either your home is used. How many are giving their homes? Your home can be used. Beautiful. How many are giving are leaders? You want to be a leader. How many new ones are joining to be leaders? You see, ask your neighbor that so will you not join? Won't you want to be part of this work? Because everybody will be a leader. Everybody. One day, you see that all of us who are here are all leaders somewhere. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else, I can lead. Maybe you can't preach, but I can train you to preach. Because me too, I was just singing. I was not preaching. Somebody trained me to preach. I remember where I was sitting. I remember the many days I was sitting. Then we say, here is a, a you see, you see this topic, point number one. Here is a verse. Here is a, a, a verse. Here is a, the point. Here is the verse. Here is an illustration. Now the illustration helps you to explain the point. They taught me and I, I, today I'm able to preach. God bless you. Oh yes. If you can give your home, you can come. It doesn't matter where you live. Once you can come to church, we can create a house fellowship in the area where you live. Lift your hand. Father, every hand that is lifted, I pray for them the blessing of Obedidom. <laughs> oh father for when the ark was in Obedidom's house you blessed his entire household father bless every one of them 
bless the leaders bless everyone who is here to give their homes to be places where we can have home cells and father I pray for every member lift your hand to if you are in the congregation that Lord we will all join this family and practice this new testament model of church building so that your people can be put in families that you have put us in we thank you and we bless you bless this cell system bless the fellowship system bless this basenta system and let it bring honor to your name and let it bring honor to your, your, your people and to your church. We thank you. And I pray that everyone who is in this church will not have anything that they need. Because in these house fellowships, you provide for them. You will care for them. You will give them assurances and bless them forever. I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Go back to your seat. Beautiful. Your clapping is like children who, are, who have received toffee. Yeah. Let us pray. Now before I proceed, if you are here today, you are not a born again Christian, but you want to give your life to Jesus. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, I want you to lift up your right hand. Maybe somebody brought you here. Somebody invited you to church, but you know in yourself that if you are to die today, you are not sure that you make it to heaven. Please lift up your right hand. I want to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Lift it up high. Lift it up high. God bless you. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. God bless you. Maybe somebody invited you, but you can. God bless you. If you have lifted your hand, do one more thing. Come to me right in front here. So I come running, come running, come running to the mercy seat where Jesus is calling. His grace will be your covering. Lift your hand, let's pray. Father, bless everyone that is here. I pray for them that you will establish them in your kingdom and establish them in your house in Jesus' name. Say this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. Please forgive me for all my sins and wash me with your precious blood. Lord Jesus, from today, I give you my life, give you my heart, give you my everything. Take over and make me a new person. Please write my name in the book of life. I'm yours forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. It's time for communion. I'm going to do something very important after this. So please uh, make sure you are right here. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you leave the bread. Father, we thank you for the body that was broken for us in Jesus' name. Amen. The body of Jesus Christ.
lift the wine Jesus lifted the wine and said this is the new testament in my blood when you drink it you are showing the lost death till he come so this blood washes us from all our sins and sets us free from every work of darkness the bible says that the blood speaks better things than the blood of Abel father we thank you for the blood that was shed for us in Jesus name amen for you the Lord touch and heal you he said for by his stripes you are healed he said he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are praying we are praying we are praying and with his stripes we are healed therefore be healed therefore be delivered any harassment of your life is ended now. Every trouble in your life is ended now. In the name of Jesus, walk in your liberty. Walk in your freedom. Christ Jesus makes you whole. You will not sit in front of a doctor and be given a frightening diagnosis. Because you will not die now. Because you are participating in the home fellowship and the glory of God shall descend upon you you will live and not die so that you too can declare the works of God you will declare the works of God you will declare the works of God you will declare the works of God the Lord bless you in your going out and in your coming in the Lord bless you in Jesus name Amen We have no doubt that you have received a blessing from the word of God preached by Bishop Eddie Addy do join either of our Victory Secret Services from the Macarius Church Headquarters, East Egon Hills, Accra, this and every Sunday at 7.30 and 10.30 a.m. Connect with Bishop Eddie Addy on Facebook Live, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. God bless you and lead you in a series of victories.